1: down. Boogie, oogie,
2: woogie. That's the bass.
1: The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, November 1st, and live from the Chicago Sun Times Chicago Reader Studio on Racine Avenue, this is The Ben Jarofsky Show with working headphones. Today on the program, it's another Romano Rundown with Sun-Times editor Romano Hussein, state rep candidate Ken Mahia Beal, and it's the return of the Illinois political know-it-alls, Jacob Kaplan and Dan Pogoschelsky. And now your host, yes, also an Illinois political know-it-all,
2: <laughs> Chicago uh, Reader columnist Ben Jorofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Drofsky here. We're calling this Pins and Needles Friday, and here. I woke up this morning being feeling all happy and i just so happy I did a little dance of happiness. Why? Because the teacher strike is over. Well,
1: our live streamer saw that dance of happiness earlier before the show started. That is correct. That was the dance I was doing all morning as I woke up at the
2: ungodly early hour of 9.15 and I came down the stairs I even was singing a song. Teacher, teacher strike is up. I love the bass. Anyway. <laughs> Came downstairs, and what did I find? Hitting me in the face like a double whammy. Two editorials slamming the teachers. One, in my beloved Chicago sometimes, which I love more than anything. Oh, Bright One, oh, Bright One. These editorials you're writing, please. You're killing me. I love my beloved Bright One. And then, of course, the the dastardly Chicago Tribune, a.k.a. the Tribunal. Man, they have the meanest, nastiest, most like -like, banker-like, small-hearted people writing their editorials <laughs> the general theme of both editorials is that oh those dirty teachers won and they would make mad at Lori lightfoot she caved she should have been tougher sometimes it's given Lori lightfoot uh negotiating tactics you should have you, you should have come in smaller with your raise offer and then they would have forced them to uh accept uh, negotiate over the raise and they wouldn't be able to negotiate over the other issues of uh, the other issues i'd like to point out our assistance for the poorest kids and the poorest schools that are generally overlooked and have been particularly egregiously overlooked for the last, I don't know, 30 years or ever since Harold Washington died. You know, and it's just uh, funny the way people, different people interpret the strike. To me, the strike was all about Redistribution of the pie, so to speak, so that the people who generally get the crumbs get a slightly, and I put heavy emphasis on slightly, bigger crumb. Okay. And uh, I was so upset, deep by these editorials I read. I was so upset by the rewriting of what just went down for the last, I don't know, what has it been, uh, two weeks or so, that I started, you know how I get, you get know, all red in the oh, face yeah. and I'm fuming and I'm ranting and I'm raving and I'm like, just like my, uh, yeah. just very like that. awkward yeah. for anyone who's around. <laughs> and uh, my wife, who's used to this and practices yoga, She told me, Benny, relax. Remember? (laughs) This is a marathon, not a sprint. And this teacher strike, you have to think of it as just one important step forward. And you know what, D? At that point, I channeled my inner Jackie Gleason. You ever see The Honeymooners, D? No. That's way before your time. Yeah. Good God. I, I think that may be even be before your parents' time. There was a TV show. How old are you? I'm old. I'm ancient. <laughs> uh. <laughs> there was a TV show, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is for you millennials out there in the 50s, called The Honeymooners. Jackie Gleason was in it. Art Carney. One of the greatest shows ever. And Jackie Gleason would always get mad. And he had this little mantra he would say to himself when he was really upset. And he would say... Pins and needles, needles and pins. It's a happy man that grins. And then you grin, D. (laughs) And then you count down to 10. One, two, three. And after a while, you can't even remember what you're mad about. And that's what I did with those tribute and sometimes editorial D's. I said, pins and needles, needles and pins. It's a happy man that grins. And I'm serene and I'm cool and I'm calm and I'm ready to take the next step because my wife is right. It's a marathon, folks. You can't win fairness and justice in this hard-hearted town with just one strike. We've got a great show today. <laughs> Calm down. You hit that table. My God, you're going to break it. Wait, hold on. Those are the feds. Hey, don't forget the city club thing there, okay? We've got a great show today. Ramona Hussein will be here. It's uh, Friday. That means Romano's recommendations from Sun-Times editorial, right? Write- oh, she's not an editorial writer. Uh, and it's 10- the Ramona Rundown. What did I say? Recommendations. No, she also has her recommendations, Mister Radio she does, School. She does, she does. All right, and uh, she's the editor at the Sun Times, uh, regular on the Ben Draveski show. Uh, the man we call Kenny B. We've given him a nickname now. <laughs> That's just uh, you, <laughs> Ken Mejia Uh He's running for state rep in the 42nd district. This is one <laughs> of my. <laughs> this is one of my favorite favorite uh, long shot bets in the upcoming, uh, well, the, the election year. He's running in Jeannie Ives' seat. And he's a Democrat running uh, in Genesee. I've seen. We welcome him back to the show from Page County, and of course, the political know it alls—they know more about Illinois politics than anybody in the universe. Jacob Kaplan and Danny P. We got Kenny B. Danny P and Benny J. How about that in one studio? What a show. And Dr. D. Uh, a, doctor. You know, a lot of uh, nicknames in the show. Uh, the political note also be here. We got a lot to. Louis Arroyo just stepped out, state representative. We got a lot to talk about, D. We got a lot to catch up with them. Impeachment talk. You know, uh, the Dems got it together. Nancy Pelosi oversaw the impeachment vote yesterday. So a lot of political talk, national, local, state. A lot of teacher strike stuff to catch up with. So we'll get all to that. But we start, as we always do, with the young man from Alton, the pride and joy of the 618, the man they call the doctor with the news.
1: Okay, people, let's get to it. I'm Dennis. Let's find out what's happening in Chicago and or Illinois this afternoon. Actually, before we do that, let's talk to the live stream chat. You can, you can wait. Quit tapping your pen on that desk. It's not good listening. Uh, okay. We're going to make it a thing today. All right. So on the YouTube live stream chat, several of you are weighing in. Uh, let's see. Oh, Barry knows what you're talking about. To the moon, Alice. Yes,
2: Barry. God bless you. Somebody who remembers the honeymoon. What a great show.
1: Send Barry something. Steak knives or something. All right, Barry, we're not sending you anything. Thank you for (laughs) listening, though. You're awesome. All right. So, yes, the Chicago teachers' strike is over. The kiddos are back in school. But before we put a button on this whole thing and go over the final details, we got to talk some statewide news. And we got to talk about the latest updates on Arroyo Gate. (laughs) For those who may not know, earlier in the week, earlier in the week, and in typical Illinois fashion, another one of our politicians' hands was caught in the cookie jar. And you know, if we had to come up with a flavor of that cookie, I would say corruption crunch. Mm, yeah, corruption. would be an appropriate one. Uh, yeah, not a cannabis crunch. Corruption hey, course. come on, pothead. Let's do the news. Oh, sorry. On Tuesday, <laughs> Illinois Democratic State Rep. Louis Arroyo was charged with allegedly offering a state senator who was wired with a mic $2,500 a month in bribes to support electronic sweepstakes-related uh, legislation. Just for the record, Arroyo, dude, if you would have offered me $2,500 a month, <laughs> I would have kept my mouth shut, dude, right? I would have thrown that wire in the garbage. Live like a king off $2,500 a month. Now, throughout the week... <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, well yeah, whatever. Go, continue. I, I, I'm a single man. I live like a king off 2500 a month. Throughout the week, allegedly turned into, yeah, more than likely, and several of his political colleagues suggested that he resign from his state rep position. Well, the following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. John Seidel and Tina Fondeles. embattled state rep Louis Arroyo has resigned just hours before a House committee was to try to force him out. He resigned in a letter addressed to the long, 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 long time Democratic House Speaker Michael Madigan. Madigan has responded with a letter of his own, but before we read some of that, Ben Jarofsky, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the least, 10 being the most, how surprised are you by the resignation of Louis Arroyo today? And uh, did you win any bets on the uh, over-under <laughs> with this announcement? I did
2: not win any. I did not make any bets, believe it or not. That was, you know you, you would think I would have made a bet, and if I hadn't been so distracted by the Chicago teacher strike, I probably would have made a bet. Probably with one of the know-it-alls who are coming in today. By the way, another know-it-all, the Northwest side know-it-all, Dave Feller, has already announced he's running for that race. So a lot of know-it-alls in that area. I was surprised that he, um, he bailed. Generally speaking, this has been explained to me that uh, politicians who are caught up in corruption scandals who have been indicted, they hold on to their seat as long as they can because they want the do, re, me. Get it, D? Do, re, me, as in money, money, money. So, uh, you know, you want the money. Uh, you don't want to give up the money uh, when you have to pay your lawyer. So I was a little surprised that he stepped down. Um, but, uh, yeah, I was not surprised so much that another Chicago politician, another Chicago Democrat got caught up in a corruption scandal. It's only been going on since, I don't know, the 20, the beginning of the 20th century.
1: Uh, but, uh, I was a little surprised that he stepped down. All right, let's go ahead and read House Speaker Michael J. Madigan, his uh, letter. It was a statement Friday. Uh, Madigan said, quote, Representative Arroyo's resignation shouldn't distract from the fact that the allegations contained in this criminal complaint go beyond anything that can be considered a lapse of judgment of minor indiscretion. These allegations are beyond extraordinary, which is why it called for the creation of the Special Investigation Committee and possible disciplinary action. While every circumstance will not require this process, uh, these particular allegations and the evidence demanded that every effort be taken to restore the public's trust. Although the disciplinary process will no longer proceed, there is still a focus on strengthening our laws to prevent this unacceptable conduct. I look forward to working with the governor and other legislative leaders to look for ways in which we continue to improve the safeguards that we have today. Mm,
2: Okay. By the way, what what is? uh, Let's do a bet now. What's the over under on Madigan having written that statement? (laughs) No way. Okay. (laughs) Nobody talks the way that statement went down. Uh, (laughs) It's one of my favorite little uh, side topics. It was well worded. Yeah. No. Well. I mean, I'm not saying that his publicist can't write. Steve Brown, excellent writer, okay? So uh, somebody wrote that. I know that Michael Joseph Madigan did not write that. Uh, and uh, But uh, what can I t- tell you, D? Everybody, it's just, it's just like that scene in Casablanca. You know, they're always shocked. Shocked, I tell you. Bribery in the state of Illinois. A shakedown in the state of Illinois. By the way, the the state senator whose identity has not been officially uh Corroborated, so we don't know who the state senator is exactly, was wearing a wire because he, I assume it's a he, uh, maybe it's a she, I don't know, uh, he or she uh, was up to no good. So let's not overlook that. That's why I say, D, oh, by the way, Dennis was joking when he would say he was taking uh, bribes. Uh, oh, he, thank you. Thank you for coming. He joking me. because, hold oh, <laughs> Stop. Oh, the feds! Breaks
1: me out every time
2: you do that. <laughs> They're coming. at city club thing, man. They're still investigating me. God, I, I'm trying to think. I've I've talked to Arroyo on the phone. Good God, those feds are listening to that phone conversation right now. <laughs> no, man. This 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 state, the the culture of corruption in this state, the mentality of corruption in this state is just so deep. It's so fixed. It, and then city as well. It's just the attitude. I mean just if i could tie the two stories together the attitude that uh that's been expressed about the teachers like the teachers won because they crushed lori it's like this fight like this pit they're in a fight it's stacy davis gates and lori Lightfoot are in a pit they're fighting and stacy won and so all like the people who wanted stacy to lose are really upset i got news for you folks it's the same old corrupt system that went down before it's like most so much of our money that we send uh for uh, the public schools goes to pay off the 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 uh, the loans that we had to take out to pay our basic obligation so much of it gets siphoned off and diverted to pay for all these tiff scams and deals and uh, you know what i mean but no they're fixated on this fight in the middle of a pit between laurie lightfoot and Stacey davis gates who won the fight and the, the people who wanted Stacey to lose are mad at Lori because, what, she wasn't dirtier in the fight? So I don't know. The, the, this notion that somehow or other uh, what, what Arroyo did was an anomaly, that somehow or other what Arroyo did or was allegedly did or was caught on tape doing is different than the way things have been happening in the state of Illinois and the city of Chicago is a myth. It's fabricated. This is the Chicago mentality and the Illinois mentality, D. That's ruled this area since I moved here. I made the decision to move here, D. I did it on my. I could have lived anywhere else, okay? I came back to Chicago, in 1981, and nothing has changed really in terms of that mentality uh, since I arrived back in this town in 1981.
1: We're moving on here. After 11 long days of bargaining, six days of Ben Jarofsky show coverage, and <laughs> roughly 20 audio clips. Social workers, psychologists, <laughs> counselors. Um,
2: <laughs> we think that adequate services for special
1: education. The Chicago teacher strike (laughs) has ended. Wait,
2: can I just say something? I love that clip. One more time. For folks who are unfamiliar with it, that is a clip of uh, Jesse Sharkey trying to conduct a press conference outside of Lane Tech, which is on Addison, a very busy street. Uh, He's gathered all the reporters that dutifully assembled to listen to what pearls of wisdom Jesse has to offer. And the truck's going by supporting the (laughs) teachers. Clearly those truck drivers are not reading Chicago Tribune editorials, D. Okay? Then they would know. It's all about sticking it to the teachers, alright? And keeping more money for those
1: tip deals. The Chicago teacher strike has ended. Yay for our teachers. Yay for our teachers. Mayor Lightfoot, get out those giant goofy scissors because a deal <laughs> has been cut. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Let's go over the details in the new negotiated teacher's contract. Chicago teachers will receive 16% in raises over five years An additional staffing, 250 more nurses, 209 more social workers and 300 librarians and other counselors and committed to getting a social worker in every school by the end of 2023 and to spend $35 million to help reduce class sizes. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, well, she got what she wanted as well, a five-year contract. And let us not forget, a 75% decrease of stress and anxiety on both parties. (laughs) My God, this thing got tense. Yeah, it did. It did. So for one last time here, we're going to put a button on all of this uh, Chicago teacher strike. Let's hear some audio. I have audio of uh, after the deal got cut. Uh, Let's see here. I got a little bit of Lori Lightfoot. Oh, let me... That again.
0: Interest of our our students and our parents who have been suffering. It was important to me to make sure that we got our kids back in class. Enough is enough. And so, in a spirit of compromise, we agreed.
2: In the spirit of compromise, we agreed. That was the big deal. But by the way, I was the one who cut that deal right here on the Ben It was Show. you. Remember, it was me. Remember, uh, just to remind everybody. Uh, I woke up yesterday at the ungodly hour of ten, I think it was, and I learned that they were a dispute. The teachers wanted all ten days uh, that they were out. They were striking. Uh, they wanted to pay for all ten days. And Laura Lifewood, uh, some uh, summoning her inner Tribune editorial board, said, harumph no way." And so I said, "Well, ten zero. Why don't you guys compromise on five? And about what? An hour later, oh, uh, Dennis broke the news. Breaking news. Uh, and they had compromised on five. So there you go. It's a compromise. That's how you
1: do it in negotiations. Right. You're putting yourself in this corner where people are going to ask you to run for mayor. You know that, right?
2: <laughs> Dude, I couldn't get the ballot. <laughs> First of all, if you run for mayor, you got to get up early to meet people at the you know CTA stops. And who, could you imagine me getting up early? Oh, God. I don't want to talk. It's too early. By the way, w- Dennis and I just... The CTA triggered it. We had a ride home. Oh, God. Okay? We had a ride home yesterday. Apparently, the snow just kind of, like, threw a curveball to the CTA, and the trades were really slow. And I'd probably write a whole column on this ride home. But the part of the ride that was really illustrative about the way people in Chicago behave sometimes, D, was we're on the uh, the brown line. Now, folks, we've talked about this many times. The blue line is like for poor people. The brown line is for rich people. And since Dennis and I are fabulously wealthy podcasters, That's we, correct. <laughs> we're on the brown line. All right. So the brown r- line, generally speaking, the brown line gets faster. The, the trains come more frequently. Everybody's nice and courteous and you have all these hipster types and Yuppie types on their computer, and uh, that's what that sounds like. <laughs> the by the blue way, guys. line, you know, it's like a little late, you know, where it's going to come again. It's throngs of people always because waiting for the next train, uh, anxiously worried that they're going to miss their stop, etc. You know, it's the two sides, of Chicago folks. It's like the north side schools got money for their kids, the south side schools don't have money for their kids. It's so illustrative of everything that was at at issue in this strike. Anyway. But the, the, because of the uh, storm, the Brown Line was really running slow and that threw, that threw the Brown Line customers for a loop. There were throngs of them on every station, remember D? And they were all wanted to get on this train. But there was no room for him. And the poor woman conductor was trying to tell him, there's four trains behind us. Remember, she counted it down, D? One, two, three, four. And all these hipster types with their headphones on. What, what do you think they were listening to, by the way? Oh, obviously, they are listening to the Ben Jarovsky show. You I, I, there I, you they, go. There you go. They can't hear her or whatever. They're, they feel entitled. No, we're getting on this train anyway. Thing was like sardines in that train. They were listening
1: they, to chain smokers. They were <laughs> That's what they were listening <laughs>
2: Oh, my God, the chain smokers, millennials with the chain smokers. Anyway, um, so it was just very illustrative of about what happens, uh, how people react in a moment of mini, 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 I'll emphasize crisis. They're thinking of me, me, me. I want to get on this train. I got to get on this train. The ladies tell them there's four more behind. Nope, I'm getting on this one. And someone's got to get out to get me on. Anyway, come on, Chicago. It's,
1: come on, Brownliners. Or maybe like they're listening to something hipstery like Iron and Wine. You Whoa. love them, right? Favorite
2: group. I love their song Iron and Wine. Uh, I love their song Liver. Uh iron, liver, a <laughs> lot of iron and liver. He's on fire today, folks. Catch him at Zanies. <laughs> Taste of Honey is my group. That's the one that does get down.
1: Boogie uggie. Anyway, brown line riders, man. Brianna's weighed in on the live stream chat. Ben for mayor, Ben for Mayor. <laughs> and here's a motto: vote for Ben, and the tiffs will end.
2: Excellent model. So you're doing it. You're gonna run? Yeah,
1: run away. I uh, I think it'd be cool. Like our first like late night mayor. Oh, he gave a press conference. What time? Two thirty in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'm at my best at 2
2: 30 man I, I have to uh hold back a lot of times i call poor dennis man You got to put up with me i'll be like 10 45 i call oh d is it too late <laughs> no you, you're polite now you text me first are yeah. you up yeah because <laughs> in the old days i would just call him and guests too you know cutting deals booking guests about 10 30 uh-oh you know most people go to bed like 9 A 9 p.m and stuff anyway all right, so let's uh, let's talk
1: more about the Chicago teacher strike. Oh, here, yes. by the way, on tu- on Tuesday we'll be on to other things for all of our statewide listeners who want us to talk more statewide news. Uh, we're going to be doing that. On, Actually, on uh, Tuesday I'll be at the Hideout with Maya and Stacey Davis Gates. Okay. Good job! You are such a great host. You're killing it, buddy. What can I say? Little hey, yeah. okay. boss gags, everybody. Doing a little what too much singing I today. Okay. All right, so let's hear. We heard from Lori. Let's hear from the other party here. Uh, I got audio of Jesse Sharky. I'll play a little bit. He was. Um, it was this morning, right before school started, and I uh, gave a press conference. So let's hear from Shark Man. That <laughs> we were going to accomplish some things
2: when we took on this contract fight uh, almost a year ago. We said that we were gonna get staffing guarantees and class size guarantees in writing. We said that we were gonna lift the wages of the lowest paid workers in CPS. We said that we were gonna address many of the working and learning conditions in schools. Uh, We accomplished those things. Did we accomplish every single thing? No, but I can can say that we moved the the needle on educational justice in the city. And we're proud of that. And we know that we accomplished it because people took a sacrifice. Uh, We lost more than a week's pay for this strike. Um, but we um, but we can hold our heads high because we because we accomplish meaningful uh, yes indeed by the way these press conferences Jesse Sharkey press conferences I held on the sidewalks with the cars rolling yeah, it was
1: like Dale Earnhardt jr <laughs> in the background <laughs> vroom, vroom, revving it up was he wearing his red sweatshirt yeah well no, he had a uh, uh, like a red coat on uh, you know, he's looking good <laughs>
2: Jesse Sharkey's looking good today. Uh, but I, I don't, you know. Listen, he's he's right. We moved the needle on educational justice. That was a line he used, and it, like it's an inch forward. As I was said, it's a, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. And let's uh, face it, folks, it's embarrassing uh, how little our city uh, cares about the poorest kids and the poorest schools. It's just uh, it's shameful and it took a teacher strike to get the city of Chicago to um, agree to up the amount of money it spends on nurses and librarians and l- lowering class size, etc. It's shameful, it took a teacher strike, 10 days, whatever it was, to get the city to recognize this. The city should have done this on its own without a teacher strike. The teacher should have uh, been negotiating with the city strictly on salary alone. the city itself should be embarrassed that there's 42 kids in a classroom. Instead, we had this strike, and when it's all over, the editorial boards are blasting the teachers for having demanded things like lower class size, and they're blasting Lori Lightfoot for conceding. So it's I don't know D. It's like sometimes the city is just so determined not to learn uh, a lesson, and it is so cold-hearted. You know, uh, Ramona and I are going to be talking about some of the stories that went down uh, in the news this week. And one about the little girl killed, uh, um, who was shot in little village, and she was wearing the bumblebee costume. And that uh, I know that many Chicagoans, when you see that, they're so moved. So there are good people in the city of Chicago. We're not we're not all hard-hearted Scrooge-like banker potter types you know it just that just seems to be the voice of official chicago uh but man it took 10 days 10 days d to get the the leaders of our city to to concede that lower class size uh, it warrants a little extra money so i uh, you know it's it's very frustrating you can court. argue 10 and a half Ten and a half days. Days. What was the half day?
1: Well, it, was, it was 11. And then, you know, as we were in day 11, <laughs> okay. it kind of ended. 10, so, you know, yeah. you can kind of say 10 and a half. 10, right? 10, 10. All right. There go. You go. I'm going to go 11. All right. And uh, finally here uh, this weekend, France Spielman, the France Spielman podcast had some special guests, Jesse Sharkey and CTU vice president, the one, the only SDG, <laughs> Stacey <laughs> Davis Gates. We have a little uh, bit of uh, audio to play from that as well. You can hear this entire interview at Chicago.suntimes.com. Look for the France Spielman show. She does her show in here now. That, that is correct. We share this studio. And we clean up after we, ourselves before, you know, we she comes in. clean up, Ramona. We should
2: see... <laughs> out of scrubbing tables, moving stuff around, <laughs> takes all the, the garbage. The pizza cartons are thrown away, puts a bong away, all that good that stuff. That buttermilk carton, I hide it yeah, know, so
1: no one goes, huh, what the hell? Buttermilk? What's this show up <laughs> you to? You know what?
2: But that's making Romana feel bad because she comes here every Friday. We never clean up for her. You're We're going right. to start cleaning that's up, up for you, Romana. Uh, that's, okay. that's okay.
1: She's used to stupid by now. All right, so let's hear uh, Stacy Davis Gates uh, talking with Fran. Once again, you can check this out at Chicago's Sometimes.com. Well, there's also criticism, Stacey, about
2: you that you guys did not emphasize special ed enough and quickly enough. That's a
0: real big point point of absolutely contention. it
2: is look rom and forest
0: claypool destroyed special education to the point of where there is uh, a state mandated monitor um figuring out special education um and what we were able to do with this contract is uh, rebuild infrastructure to be perfectly honest with you
2: <laughs> i love stacy <laughs> davis to be perfectly honest with you fran uh and listen The deal is this, this is the the point I've been hammering all day, Uh, this is like 30 years in the making of neglect in our public schools for our most vulnerable kids, special ed kids at the top of the list, and uh, I don't blame the special ed parents and special ed teachers who are upset, they don't feel they got enough, nearly enough attention and love from this contract and this strike as they deserve as their kids need, so absolutely. Uh, the, I know so many special ed parents who say Ben I just got to move out of the city go to a suburb go to one of the suburban schools where they have greater care there's more money for special ed kids and I don't blame them for making that decision the city of Chicago is very cold-hearted and hard-hearted when it comes to financing programs for our most vulnerable kids and we're still that way so yeah the teachers uh, they went on strike for 10 days and they got a crumb back from the city a little larger crumb and they have to just continue the fight they just can't quit it's not it's just one step in the marathon, as I like to put it. But, uh, Fran, that was an excellent question because it gets at the heart of things. You know, uh, how much how much is this city willing to spend on its most vulnerable?
1: All right. And I can't think of a better time to talk about this. Hey, podcast fans, the Times political web series, the France Spielman show is now available as a <laughs> podcast. That's right. That audio you just heard from Stacey Davis Gates and Jesse Sharkey. That is this week's France Spielman show. There's like 30 more minutes where that came from, guys. Fran Spielman Show features weekly interviews with lawmakers, journalists, and others who are shaping our city. Fran holds nothing back. She goes deep into City Hall to bring you the real scoop on Chicago politics, and now you can listen to her show on all... Of your favorite podcast apps. Head to City Hall with Fran and get even more great political coverage from the Chicago Sun Times. Listen and subscribe now at suntimes.com forward slash Fran, hyphen show. That's suntimes.com forward slash F R A N, hyphen S H O W. Don't go anywhere, people, because when we come back from this break, Ramana Hussein's joining us for another Ramana rundown. She's going to give us recommendations and everything. Have you seen Joker yet, by the way, Ramana? No. It's incredible. Did you
0: guys see it? Oh, he I saw thought it. I didn't. Oh
1: my goodness! Yeah, it's the Benjirowski show live from the Chicago Sun Times. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago culture. Food, arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarovsky, The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Did you know that 40%
2: of the people in Illinois opt to be cremated? Well, it's true.
1: LandCremationOptions.com Commercial break over. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from the Chicago Sun-Times. Every Friday,
2: Ramona Hussein uh, comes by for the Ramona Rundown. It's one of the most popular features on the Ben Jarofsky Show. And any day now, the Sun-Times is going to get those hats and T-shirts out, uh, uh, for the Ramona Rundown hats and T-shirts. Uh, Ramona, let's start with the story. I, I alluded to it before you came in or as you were walking in. Uh, just... Uh, I, my wife read it to me. She just read it. It was like the Sun-Times broke the story. I think Tommy Schuba wrote it. Uh, it was about the little girl. And my wife just started reading the headline. And just a uh, seven-year-old girl in a bumblebee outfit shot. And I just almost started crying. Just uh. the, the bumblebee outfit Halloween. It, the little girl gets shot. Uh, in in uh, on the southwest side of Little Village. Talk about, give us the updates on that story.
0: Yeah, um, there's a little girl who was trick-or-treating yesterday in the middle of trick-or-treating. She got shot and uh, I understand that she got shot in the chest, and she's in critical condition. So uh, just literally like 10 minutes before I came in here, I just edited a story by Sam Charles, one of my colleagues and a reporter um, at the Sun-Times, and uh, they have a person of interest in custody tied to the shooting, and they said they're still looking for others. Who may have been connected with the shooting? They said it. They quoted um, Sam's story. Quoted one of the officers he talked to. Maybe it was Guglielmi from a tweet or his conversation with him. Said that it was Guglielmi being the yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah. This is a PR person for the Chicago Police Department. That it was a juvie, a juvenile. Um, their gender was not revealed. So we do have that. I, I believe um, Sam had just tweeted right before I came in that, and he added stuff to the story I actually was just emailing him while we were talking. He said that he updated the story and I said, uh, you can just update yourself. Cause you know, usually the editors have to do it, but I'm like, I trust him. So I told him just update it Lori Lightfoot had uh, the mayor um, had gone to visit the little girl. So I'm hoping that she's doing better, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, I don't, I, you know, shooting, get a little child being shot in the chest just sounds terrible. And I know sometimes emergency workers do a higher, uh, they might say they're critical when they, you know, just to, you know, overemphasize the situation. I, mean, I shouldn't say they exaggerate or anything like that, but sometimes they do give it a higher, co- you know, if it's are critical, they could be serious. But, you know, being shot in the chest, I'm sure she was in critical condition. So you're just hoping that it's not as bad. Hoping it was a graze wound or something that she can survive. Well, I'm. But, uh, you know, even if somebody's in good condition, doesn't mean they're going to be normal for the rest of their life. So, getting shot is terrible. And going trick or treating and getting shot is really, really sad. Um, my younger sister had a friend, we were talking about this yesterday because we we're both in exercise class when this happened. And I saw the alert that came out. And she had a friend who grew up in, um, I should say, a more rougher part of the city and she told me that he was telling her when they're talking about trick-or-treating he's like i never went trick-or-treating as a kid a lot of us didn't and he said that you know i guess in those situations people probably have little halloween parties or they probably just stay within the go trick-or-treating to the homes of people they know but he was telling my sister that that was something he didn't do so it's just sad that you think something is innocent, like a child just going trick or treating in her bumblebee costume, getting shot. It is really heartbreaking.
2: It and it's again, it comes to that that image of the bumble a little kid so innocent yeah. wearing a bumblebee costume. She like loved her bumblebee costume. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
0: kids love. I mean, it's it was so fun dressing up. I mean, adults like dressing up. So like just being a kid and dressing up and things that you like, like it's just really sad going out. Yeah, I mean, candy. I got sad reading that. You know.
2: What did I now? So what this was this happened it? Was in it, Little Village? Was it a was it a, 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 a drive by or what, There was any,
0: another person that was shot that was near the little girl, but he was not related to the little girl. So I don't know if they were targeting someone else or, you know, that's probably the case. It's not like this little girl in a bumblebee costume is going to be the target. You know, I know sometimes there's incidents where kids get injured and their parent is a target but I don't think we don't have any indication about who the target was at this point, but there was someone else that was shot that was not related to the little girl. It's uh, just, it, it is very sad. I don't think, I don't think any reporter, no matter how hardened there are, <laughs> read the story and be totally aloof to yeah. it. It's just very sad.
2: Even hard, uh, hardened reporters in Chicago. And it, you do get hardened covering Chicago, uh, have to be just moved by this. Uh, and just just to remind everybody, Ramana Hussein before she was uh, uh, an editor here at the Sun-Times, covered the uh, criminal courts building in Chicago for many years. So she knows a thing or two about uh, how cases are prosecuted. All right. So when, when you said that there's a person of interest and mm-hmm. it's a juvenile, what does that mean in terms of? prosecution and going forward?
0: Well, right now they're probably questioning this person. This person has not been charged yet. So they said, um, you know, sometimes they're careful with the wording. They said a person of interest. Now, what does that mean? Like they're not a suspect yet, you know, so it could be that they're just questioning the person. Sometimes people get questioned and they get released. So if it is someone that they suspect committed the shooting or was tied to the shooting in any way, um, they have about 48 hours to charge this person with a crime, but we don't know right now. Sometimes they could question someone. They say it's a person of interest and that person is released because mm-hmm. maybe A, they don't have enough evidence or this person wasn't involved with it. But it seemed like the police pretty early on said they knew who you know, this person was, or I don't know if it meant the person who pulled the trigger or like people connected Mm -hmm. to the shooting. So they are still looking for people. And just because you didn't pull the trigger, if you are the getaway driver in a shooting or you gave the gun to someone and you're connected to it, you can still be charged with, you know, um, aggravated battery or attempted murder. You know, depends on what the situation is.
2: Uh, and the fact uh, that the person of interest is a, a juvenile. So, again, it's just a person of interest. I'm just reiterating what Romana just said. So, we don't know if uh, he or she will be charged. But if he or she is charged as a juvenile, what does that mean?
0: Well, if they're charged... So, you can be 16 or 17 and still be charged as an adult. Um, I think... I've rarely seen a 15 year old charge as an adult, um, but you can be a juvenile technically and still get charged as an adult if you're kind of closer to the 18 year range you know 18 adult range so I mean I've been at 26 in California and I've seen 15 I mean sorry 16 and 17 year old kids come through the system I mean they look really really young some of these kids so if I would say that if they're 15 and under I mean I, ha- I might have seen some 15 year olds also charged as adult but I would say that if he's 15 14 they, they would be charged as a juvenile that means they would be in the juvenile court system that they wouldn't be at 26 in Cal if they were charged with this crime and the juvenile system is completely different there's different terminology that's used even reporters you just can't walk into a courtroom even though legally you can at a juvenile court you have to first go to the chief judge's office or the you know whoever the chief person is there and you have to get a special pass so and you know the sheriff's deputies in those courtrooms check to see if you have that pass even though all you needed, like I think we read the rules once, me and the Tribune reporter said all you need is a press pass, but they want you to get another pass to say that you're cleared and you can sit through the, the courtroom. I see. And then a lot of times when you're waiting for the case, they don't let you come into the courtroom until the case is called, you know, the specific case that you're there to report. And they're. Yeah, so they're very, like they clamp down on, you know, they wanna protect these children children's identities. And in a case like a, a juvenile case, we don't use the name if they're charged as juveniles we don't use their name they're you know you'll say the suspect or um you know there was that case where you know these girls were involved in a a fight and then there was a girl that shot this other young woman and we don't say we say the victim's name because that person died but we don't say the name of the you know the juvie the juvenile that we call them juvie that's in court so you don't use their names you have to be really really careful
2: and at, at some point, does that end? Let's, let's say a person is uh, convicted of a crime, convicted of a shooting when he or she is 16. Uh, when that person hits the age of 18, do the rules change and you can then name It them? probably
0: depends on their sentencing, right? Um, I don't know if you've probably been listening to the podcast Motive with Frank Maine, that on Thaddeus Jimenez, who was very young when he got charged. Um, but he got sentenced to, I think, 50 years in prison. And he was in the juvenile. Um, he was is serving his time in a facility. This is, I think, sentencing. He was fufil- fulfilling his, like, you know, sentence as a juvie. As a juvenile in uh, Juliet, where they had a prison for kids or for younger you know younger suspects, and then once he hit eighteen, he got sent to stateville, so I think in terms of punishment it 's a little different
2: yeah, I have but, not heard that frank man yeah been i've been i 've listen. been listening
0: to it 's really good, yeah, I, I covered that case, so i remember I remember his exoneration I covered his exoneration, so I was pretty interested and I remember there's an in this is a murder case where uh, Thaddeus Jimenez was charged with the murder murder and he was the youngest person. I think he was a juvenile at the time and he was the youngest person to be, ex- you know, he got out at 30. He was the youngest person to be exonerated of a crime.
2: And he got a big settlement. Yeah. From the 25,
0: city. $30 million. Dollars? I don't know, but it's just a, it's a very interesting case. You should listen to it. Yeah. They're like only half hour long.
2: And, uh, instead of like investing this, the, the money into, I don't know, the stock market and <laughs> he started turning his life around. We he went, started his gang. Yeah, he started a gang and invested the money in cars, etc. And it's yeah. kind of an a utterly depressing story about a, a human being. All right, uh, let's move on. We're talking about crime in the city of Chicago and the, uh, uh, the little girl who was shot yesterday. And, of course, that's symptomatic of a lot of crime, just senseless shootings that happen in our city all the time in the middle of it all. Uh, Donald John Trump, president of the United States, uh, came to town to offer his thoughts on shootings and crime in the city of Chicago and the proper way to deal with it. And that uh, happened on, I believe, Monday. Monday. Yeah, I've lost track of time. I have the Sun-Times front page here with Trump comes to Chicago to insult us in person. Great coverage by the Sun-Times. Lynn Sweet in particular did a great job on that one. Wow,
0: and he went after Eddie Johnson because Eddie Johnson, the police superintendent of Chicago, did not attend this police chiefs. You know, he he was there at the police chiefs convention, but he didn't he didn't want to. He said that he was not going to be at Donald Trump's speech, and then Donald Trump. I walked into the newsroom right when I heard him say there was supposed to be one guy here today, and that's you know, but he's not here today and he called and Donald Trump said it was insulting because Eddie Johnson didn't come. So we know Donald Trump takes everything way too personally. So then he started going after Eddie Johnson and said the reason we have this, you know, high crime rate in Chicago, and then he goes off on Chicago as if Chicago is the only city in America that has this gun violence problem and started talking about how Eddie Johnson is the reason that we have this high crime rate and, you know, his stats. And then he said that it was safer to be in Afghanistan. That's how I pronounce Afghanistan. So um, then Chicago. And I don't know, maybe there's some stats that are, you know, true in certain instances, but I don't know. Some people were kind of breaking down whether that's true or not. And they said, actually, the United States as a country, is probably less safe than Afghanistan, maybe not Chicago. So people are just kind of breaking it down. They're like, well, it's not like he's doing anything about gun violence anywhere else. He just really targets Chicago.
2: Yeah. For all the obvious reasons.
0: Yeah. And then, uh, and then L- Lori Lightfoot, then you know, she was asked about his comments and Eddie Johnson was asked about the, his comments, I think the day of, or maybe the next day. And I think Eddie Johnson said, what's the point I need to, re- I don't need to respond to him. And Lori Lightfoot kind of swung harder and then today she said uh she i think there's a twitter war going on again between donald trump and you know city people from the city but i think lori lightfoot just responded like maybe about an hour ago and she said you only serve yourself the crime wave you should be concerned about is the one you are perpetuating against the american people Mm. so it's i don't think it's going to stop i think he you know no i don't think anybody on any side of the political spectrum will say that chicago doesn't have you know, problems or, you know, problems with violence. It's just his tone. I think a lot of people have problems with. It's his tone. It's just it just I don't know. If you were watching that speech, it was like it was a little
2: weird. Well he clearly doesn't care about the violence in the city of Chicago. He's used yeah. it as a political prop and to I don't know whack Democrats. I
0: think a lot of people would say it's there's a lot of like racial <laughs> <laughs> tones to his like think? you know <laughs> um yeah, I mean it, it's it's I think that's what a lot of people of color would say. I mean, I, I just felt like saying, like, just me as as a person of color. I don't know if I'd want to be at that, you know, speech. I can say that. I mean, we're a reporter, but I, I mean, why would Eddie Johnson want to be there? I mean, it was, if you looked at, I didn't look at the audience, but I'm assuming it was a mostly white male audience. I could be wrong. There was probably a lot of I would assume had female most police people, chiefs too, uh, but
2: is standing up and cheering. I, I think the. Not, not a, speaking as a, perf, a person of color. I'm just going to speak as me. I think the man is so offensive. Uh, if, Donald, Don, if Donald John Trump wanted to do something to help the city of Chicago with its crime problem. There's a lot he can do. Yes. He's only the most powerful man in the country right now. He controls the purse strings so he could send money. We can hire more police. We can hire more detectives. We could uh, open mental more mental health, health, health clinics. clinics. And He's the got the is, money.
0: Yeah, and the thing is, like, he starts just bragging about himself. He's like, I've done this, and I've done that, and I've done the most, you know, to curb crime or whatever. But, I, you know, let's face it. This is, like, reaction to him getting, you know— and He couldn't show up in Chicago when he first when he was a candidate for president and he was supposed to speak somewhere. USC. There were so many counter protests that he never showed up and left. So we know he has a thin skin and he doesn't like people booing him. So I think this is just a reaction to that. I mean, he didn't. I think someone said that today that he said he's going to move to Florida because yes. he doesn't feel like he's being treated fairly, maybe in D.C. And I don't know if you watched the World Series. Yeah, he waved the World Series um, when the Nationals were playing in D.C. I think he got he got booed. booed. And then he, people started yelling, lock him up, which is what he says about Hillary Clinton. So I, I he's so thin skinned. It's like, OK, so now that he's booed in his own turf, he's like, I'm going to go to Florida. By the way, just let's. I mean, I guess he would have a big, pretty. I don't know. I'm assuming he has a big fan base. In, <laughs> I could in be wrong. Florida, in Florida, yeah. Uh,
2: well, I mean, he won Florida in the last election. Yeah. He did not win New York. But let's just think for a moment. When you, when I was listening to you talk about his thin skin, I just had this thought. Imagine if Donald Trump were one of the players in the recent teacher strike. I mean, I'm going to give Lori Lightfoot and Stacey Davis Gates credit. They refrained from sort of the antics of Donald Trump. That just Donald Trump would have had the nickname for what? Well, oh, yeah, yeah. He, he would have been a nickname. He'd have been slamming that person uh, on social media, on his Twitter account, left and right. At least, I mean, it was a it was a it was a tough battle between these t- uh, two a very uh, uh, strong strong minded personalities, Stacy Davis Gates and Lori Lifet. I always say them, and poor J- Jesse, Jesse Sharkey, Sharkey gets lost in the. I am the president. Yeah, okay, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, but um, it was this really tough battle between uh, the mayor's f- allies and uh, the teachers. And, but they refrained to a large degree from the kind of antics that Donald Trump does on a routine
0: Well, basis. I think most of us refrain from the type of antics that Donald Trump resorts to. I mean, most of us do. Well, And this is the president of the United States. And I think people would say that he's behaving like a child. I think some children are more mature than Donald Trump. Yes. Sorry that I'm editorializing, but I think it's true.
2: You're allowed to editorialize on <laughs> so the Trumpowski show. I know,
0: but I'm still, I'm still paranoid. But I, I think people know that I'm not really gonna. Let I think ju- people see me walking down the street. Nobody's gonna confuse me for a MAGA.
2: And let me hat just wearing. say this about Ramona. I say it. I've been advocating this for at least three years the woman should have a column that's i say it over and over again because she's got a lot of yes robert Mueller (laughs) agrees with us uh and so you don't have to worry about those things anymore um all right uh yeah donald trump is a baby and he gives when i say that he gives babies bad names well they do
0: in london remember they have the donald trump baby like a little like float the blimp or whatever it's called it's
2: and then the irony: uh, we we had a gentleman on uh, who lives in England yesterday. He was talking about British politics. Boris Johnson, the current prime. Yeah, Minister. he's kind
0: of a Trump, a mm-hmm. British Trump. Yeah. You know, same disheveled hair and look. I mean, I'm just saying, like superficially, you just look at him and you're like, he's Donald Trump Jr. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean, not Donald Trump Jr. Because there is a Donald there Trump Jr. Is a Donald he, this Trump is a British, Jr. British. Uh, he's kind of like a. Um, I guess. What do they call it? a doppelganger?
2: Yes. Very good man. Yeah, that's exactly what. Well, you
0: remember call. on Facebook when a couple of years ago they had doppelgangers, like who's your doppelganger? And me and my sister and friends were all laughing cuz everybody like picked like a model or actor for them and I'm like we're all like everybody thinks they're so much better looking than they are. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't look like that person. <laughs> there, by the way,
2: so, there is a guy uh, we're going to move to Ramona's recommendations, but uh, there the last time you recommended the Paul Rudd team. TV show. I dutifully watched it. Uh, I got fell it. in love with it. Fell in love with it. Uh, I did. It's embarrassing how much I enjoyed it. And Even
0: I though you said it was
1: stupid. It was so stupid. He I, was this close to being Paul Rudd for Halloween.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this close. And But there's a guy in my bowling league, not on my team, but my bowling league looks just like Paul really? Rudd. Really? Did yeah. you tell him that? Yeah, I tell him that all the time. I go, dude, do you know you look just like Paul Rudd? And he was like, oh, He loves it. <laughs> he loves it. Matt, he's like some genius computer guy. He's like, oh, people tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so he does look like uh, Paul Rudd. All right, what's your Romana recommend? Oh, Romana, uh, did, did I want to hear about the pumpkin festival. That's what I want to oh, hear about.
0: it wasn't a pumpkin. <laughs> it was a Botanical Gardens had this pumpkin uh, carving display for like, you know, anybody really, but then a lot of kids went, but they're really intricate drawn pumpkins. Like mm. you know, they're carved pumpkins and they had different themes or like animals. And it was really cool, but it was, I don't know if you remember last Saturday and how rainy yeah, and cold it
2: was at the football game with your husband. Yeah, yeah. But you
0: guys missed the rain. You guys, we were in the night. We,
2: yeah, you <laughs> we got the torrential. You did we get got, the worst. We were everywhere.
0: there at nine o'clock. Cause there's like different, like it was a sold out event. We got there and it was still raining. There's, It still said it was sold out and we were allowed in at nine. So it was nine o'clock and we had all our, it was me and my sisters. My brother didn't go. He was, and my sister-in-law didn't go, but my mom was there. My husband didn't go. Not everybody went, but the kids and my sisters and my mom went. And so the kids loved it. They're all like wearing little poncho. We we're all wearing rain ponchos and we we're soaked. But they had, they had one pumpkin that was carved like the Chicago Tribune and they had no sun times. <laughs> and it was funny because my mom was like, you know, we went in, There's like an area where you could walk in. Mom's like, Hey, did you see the Tribune? They had a Tribune pumpkin, but no sun times. I'm like, yeah, don't worry. I noticed. The Botanical have- Gardens is very cool. I don't know if you've I've been there recently. I've never been there. You've never been to, and you're from, uh, kind of from the area? Yeah. Have, you, have uh, you been, Dennis? Yeah, yeah. He ride my bike awesome. there ride the my bike there, yeah. It's I, so pretty.
2: I have a confession to make. I have... Never been to the botanical. Wait a minute. Maybe. Hold on. I'm just gonna throw. Is it. Were the botanical gardens around in 1967? <laughs> Good God. Get a on. I don't yeah, know.
0: Probably. Uh, I think it's been there for a long time. It's so. when
2: my family uh, first moved to Evanston way back when in the 60s. <laughs> I remember we went on a drive. Uh, the first up the North Shore and the the ravines and there was ro- and, and we went somewhere and I. Could have been the maybe it was the Bahai, Baha'i
0: temple. My parents were in love with the Baha'i, temple.
2: Bahai temples. This was beyond the I know. Bahai temples, okay. and we met. So and so I could have gone, but I have no memory of
1: the. Botanical. Yeah, I think so. I'm looking it up right now. It's got
0: to be. It yeah, was yeah. It, It's been there for a long. We time. We went somewhere there were flowers. It's so pretty. I hated it.
1: <laughs> 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 oh, it's big so fan, pretty. huh? Yeah. Flowers and I'm I hated not a flower it. Flower guy, man. If you're a little kid, yeah,
0: I could see that. But oh, it's God. so pretty.
1: Oh my Why do we there? have to go there? You ride
0: your bicycle. I'm surprised you don't go. That that's your... a
2: long ride. Dennis could do it. He's young and healthy. I, <laughs> God, <laughs> you know
0: how far that is. It's. it's like, I know, but you can drive. Okay, you can drive your car there. But it's really pretty. Anyway, like so the kids loved it, and they had a little train thing, uh-huh. too. So, like, uh, we bypassed it, and my, I have twin nieces who are, like, seven. They're like, we, we didn't see it, and their, they're like, uh, their brother and cousin saw it. So we took them back, and they have this little train track, and it's, like, little towns. They have a little Wrigley Field. It was really cool. Well, that's
2: cool. But By the way, Romana is, like, the, the cool aunt. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> you say like, takes the kid to I heard that because her husband Mick told me, yeah, Ramona's going to this pumpkin thing and we were walking to the football game. I'm like a pumpkin thing. Why aren't you going? He's like, I'm not going, you know, I'm going to yeah. listen to my records. And, uh, but I'm like, that's the cool aunt who takes the kids. Yeah. The- I
0: like, I like, I don't know. I like kids. Mick. Mick will rain. It probably started raining, and he's like, "Oh, I'm not gonna do anything <laughs> for the rest of the day." Well, I don't, rain doesn't stop me from doing things. I still go and do things. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'm more of an extrovert. I don't know if you noticed. All right,
2: now, uh, yeah, then, then your husband, <laughs> yes. yeah, he, he likes to sit home and w- listen to music. I
0: don't. That sounds like really boring.
2: To All right. Me. I tomorrow I will be at my friend Cap. What up, Cap? Eating chicken and pizza and watching Dolomite. Uh, on yes, uh, his... I saw that
0: last week. Mick liked it more than I did. Yeah. I like Eddie Murphy. It's kind of like a comeback, but there's some things that I'm like, oh, okay. But it's a it's a good snapshot. I didn't know this guy was. I admit, I I mean, I know Very I know young. about a little about black exploitation, but I never heard of this guy. Oh, I yeah. never heard of Dolomite, yeah. and I know it was real. <laughs> so it's oh, <he's> real. <laughs> so I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. So this guy was real. So this this show is called Dolomite. It's my name, and it's about him, and uh, it's kind of a. Um, commentary also on the entertainment industry and the lack of representation of African American movies and actors and it kind of explains why black exploitation cuz you know even within the African American community there's debate as to whether black exploitation was a good thing or a bad thing and you kind of know why it happened is because you know a lot of uh, a lot of the characters are stereotypes but this was african-american people taking ownership of those certain stereotypes and so dolomite is my name is about this um i think his last name was ray his name was ray moore Mm -hmm. and so it's about him and his like you know he was like trying to get get into the entertainment industry and he wants to make this movie and by you know if you watch the movie it's not the quality isn't great, but it's. Oh, that's like that's p- putting it. <laughs> that's nice. I've actually watched them in real never, time. They're terrible. <laughs> so, but it's like he really wanted to make a movie, and it's kind of like how, you know, why he pushed for it and how, why he wanted it. And I think Eddie Murphy does a pretty good job. Well, we. Wesley are, Sli- Snipes is in it, and there's a lot of. Um, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're all, yeah, yeah, Wesley Sna- well, it's Snipes got a great is like much all yeah. There's um, a great um, soundtrack. Peele, one of yeah. those guys, are in it. Uh, Craig Robinson's Key. in it.
2: Yeah, Craig Robinson. Uh, There's a lot of
0: um, who
2: I didn't. Craig Robinson went to Whitney Young.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, And
0: uh, sorry, I thought. And and, she gives uh, it
2: three and a half stars, which is pretty good. Okay, wow, four stars, three and a half stars. Uh, We will be having. uh, uh, I'm happy to say, Sergio Mims, who comes in the show, is a movie expert from Black Harvest Film Festival, and Lee Bay has agreed to do this as well. And we're gonna have a uh, one of our bonus discussions. On uh, Dolomite and exploitation uh, movies. It's going to be total geekdom, so we're going to have a lot of fun with that. And we're going to get you in as soon as you see it with Maureen O'Donnell. I'm throwing this out there once uh, you've seen um, Parasite. Okay. Because that movie is definitely worth taking the deep dive. It's maybe the best movie of the year, although... The doctor has given two
1: thumbs way up to the Joker for oh, the Joker. Oh, you
0: want to see I do want to see great. the Joker. Yeah. I don't know if I'll love it, but um, I probably will like
1: it. Oh, it was really good. Uh, we do have a uh, Chicago Botanical Garden. Uh, we have the info you're looking for here. <laughs> oh, right? I, okay. Although founded in 1890, <laughs> Ben, you were like 20 back then, right? 1890? <laughs> uh, yeah, just at 20. Yep. He's that's really old, guys. 1890. Yeah. I was 20. Oh, yeah, man, I remember 1890. Spry young Ben Jarovsky <laughs> in <was> 1890. So... <laughs> Uh, although founded in 1890, uh, the Chicago Botanic Garden was open to the public in 1972. Shout out to Pat oh, Whalen so for that information. Oh wow, Pat. maybe
0: so you
2: probably I weren't didn't there. go. I, so I have literally never. I don't know where they dragged me. The year was 1966, <laughs> and I don't want to go. You're getting in the car. We're driving to the North Shore. I
0: don't want to.
2: And it was like I remember that. Like, have you ever been on the ravines? It's really no. Maybe joke. you're
0: in Lake Forest or
2: something. Could have been.
1: I don't know. I was never 70 want. back then, in
2: 1967. <laughs> I, but but yet I was like you know I had the mind of a ten year old <laughs> anyway um I I, 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 I. Let's set the record. I've never been to the Botanical Garden, so maybe I'll go. You should go. Year. All That's right, I'll go with.
0: I think you'll like I'll it. go
2: with McDumpkey. You yeah, guys should. Field show, trip. That'll.
0: You can go on a field trip.
2: All right. Uh, Ramana Hussein. thank you very much. She will not be here uh, next Friday. We're giving her the Friday off, uh, so she's going on vacation, but she'll be back the following Friday, yes, correct? Yes, I will. Well, wherever you're going, have a great time and um, enjoy it very much. Ramana Hussein is our guest, and uh, the man we call Kenny B is on deck. We're going to bring him on right <laughs> right now all well, right now no, no not right now after this break <laughs> yeah. i can't believe hey everybody what you're about to hear are the piano stylings of jeff manuel M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, U, E, L, P, I, A, N, I, S, T, dot com. Take it away, Jeff Manuel.